spoke all night. I went to sleep that night without knowing that it would be the last night I ever spent in that bed at my parents' house in London. Meredith, my mum shook me awake. The room was dark, making it obvious it wasn't morning yet, but not time to get up for school anyway. Mum, I mumbled in my half-asleep state. It's time to go. Everything I told you about those stories is true. It's time for you to leave us so you can train to be a protector. Your dad and I, we've done everything we possibly can to prepare you. First Charge is the first book in the Destiny Initiative series by Amnesty. The book can be purchased in paperback from Amazon. The e-book can also be purchased on Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books and many others. Spoken Have you ever thought about what Santa Claus would be like as a zombie? Or maybe you've wondered how he would cope with climate change, Brexit or any number of issues facing the UK and beyond. Probably not, but if you're now wondering, you can buy The Twelve Deaths of Father Christmas by Amanda Steele. It's a collection of flash fiction stories with accompanying images in which Santa dies in different ways. There's a political slant to many of the pieces and added sarcasm. This is not for children. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, Spoken label dot bandcamp.com. On the Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running costs for the podcast. Enjoy. Hi guys, and the end. Spoken label back in the house. We're on our travels again today, and I've got a lovely young lady we met along to. I've just been talking to the force game online. Libby, would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are and where you come from originally, and what led you on the creative path you're on today. Then. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name's Libby Taylor. Um, I'm a 20 year old poet, writer, um, journalist and fiction editor. Um, I'm originally from Leicestershire, but I spent most of my life living in Sheffield. I'm currently based in Lincoln, where I'm at university. Um, my creative kind of practice journey started when I was really young. Um, I used to write tiny little stories in like notepads and stuff. Um, oh wow, oh, the best way, the best way. <laughs> yeah. I, I can remember one of them was about a mouse, but I can't remember what I was about. <laughs> Um, oh, brilliant. <laughs> um, my first poem was published when I was nine years old called Goat on a Boat. Um, but like my serious kind of writing started when I was in A-levels when I started writing short stories, um, which then led me to choose to study English and creative writing at uni. And ever since I've been at uni, really, is when I've been started writing loads. Um, yeah, I've had poems published since I've been at uni. My poetry chapbook 
um, is coming out on the 11th, but it'll already be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, it will be, unfortunately. Yeah. Perks spoke label yeah. business demand, yeah. So, like, um, I take it then, when you went to uni then, so obviously you're telling me, I know you're in yeah. Lincoln Uni at the moment, aren't you? So, was yeah. it like a bad explosion almost out of your creativity when you first went to uni then? Yeah, it was mainly in my second semester, because obviously like first semester of first year is very like crazy and it's getting your bearings. Yeah, so in the second semester is really when I started to settle down and like focus on my writing. And I had a poetry module um, and we would write a poem a week and read it out to everyone, like my tutor and my um, classmates. And it just kind of really boosted my confidence because everyone would say they loved my writing. And it would just, I don't know, I was quite self-conscious before about my writing. And to hear like myself getting praise, it kind of encouraged me to write more. Yeah, I think uh, I can get you going. Because when I was at uni myself some years ago, and the yeah. same story applies to you here as well. I think mean, when you were younger, like it's because you've not been in that creative bubble, almost a better word, you're quite yeah. nervous about sharing your work, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah, I think it was mainly just, it wasn't really like reading it out or anything. It was just mainly, I didn't want people to think it was rubbish. Like I myself liked it. But I was just like, oh God, what if they think I'm rubbish? No one else is so much better than me. It was just kind of that kind of thing. I was just really self-conscious about it. And then as soon as people would come to me and say, I really liked that, like, you should try and get that published. I was like, oh my God. I didn't realise other people would like my work. <laughs> oh, it took a boost of your confidence, like, definitely. When you yeah. were growing up before that, was there any, like, writers or that sort of influenced your work and let you make you want to become a writer when you got back to A-level stage? Um, I think a lot of writers influenced me. There wasn't, there wasn't really one specific one. It was mainly just I would read loads of young adult fiction like stuff like Harry Potter, obviously, of course. The Hunger Games, <laughs> loads of John Green books. It has really encouraged me to do my own thing. And I don't really start reading poetry until uni. Um, but yeah, it was just a range of things that kind of encouraged me to do so, like to start writing. And I knew I wanted to do it. It was like more, like I said, like having a confidence to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm getting it. It's, it's perfect, believable. Like I said, it's you just need that big confidence boost, like, just to the trigger base to get you going, definitely with it. So, have yeah. you found then since you went to you started at uni two years, well, three years ago now, aren't you? In your third year, you're telling me, like, yeah. is there, has there been any writers that have really in, inspired you, you know, made you, made you really, oh, I like them? Um, like well, yeah, um, like I said, it's more of a range, but. Um, I only just started reading poetry by like Edgar Allan Poe in uni and like is one of his poems called Alone really spoke out to oh, me and it really got oh, yeah. to me yeah and it was really like I want to write something like this <laughs> like you know what I mean like and also I had I followed loads of poets on Instagram so just like smaller indie poets kind of inspired me as well and then of course my classmates like seeing everyone else so passionate about it and so encouraging really, you know, encouraged me to want to do the same. Oh, yeah, completely. <laughs> Give you a tip um, as well. Um, you can find it on YouTube. Look up um, a guy called Basil Rathbone. Um, okay. He was over 30 to 40 after play, most famous playing Sherlock Holmes, but he went yeah. and did uh, three CDs worth of him reciting Edgar Allan Poe poems. And oh, really? it will have you shivering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
he does yeah. a he does a pit in the pendulum, and that one absolutely unnerves me completely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, right, I'll see your link over to one. It's not a problem, right? No, definitely, because he's, he's a fantastic writer. The whole was oh, blimey. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think you look at his style? This is what I'm interested in now. Do you think it's like was he way before his time? I think he really was, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I can't really remember any specifics, but I do study older poetry and it is quite different. In a way, it's more like the language to me seemed a bit more modern. Yeah. For its yeah. time. Yeah, definitely. That. And I think he, did, I think he drunk himself to death or something, didn't he? I know he didn't die very happy. Yeah. He did have a very happy life anyway. I'm so sure of it. So, <laughs> but anyway, obviously, we're here to take to your work, really, anyhow. So, I could talk about other writers all day long, but I know you've been yeah. telling me as well, like you, you obviously like to, we're going to talk about your, your actual poetry collection in a moment. Okay. But I know you just told me before, weren't you? You've had, a, you've had an anthology arrive literally today where you're. You know, yeah. Tell us about that then. Your story is in this anthology now. Carry on. Um, so, my short story um, was published on in Halloween um, by Analogies and Allegories Literary Magazine. Um, and it's called The Big Bad Wolf. And the theme of um, that issue was um, retelling a fairy tale from the villain's point of view. So I decided to write from the Big Bad Wolf's point of view in Literary Riding Hood. And um, it basically was like why he became evil, what led him to become evil, like his history. Um, and it kind of like discusses topics like how humans treat animals and the environment. Um, and it was really like, I really loved the short story that I wrote. Um, yeah, because I always find it interesting to learn about the villain's backstory, because in most cases, like the villain's a lot more complicated than like the protagonist, for example. Um, so I always find it really interesting to learn about that. So it was really enjoyable for me to try and put my take on it. <laughs> is that something you think you'll, is that something you think you'll do more in the future where you like, because you enjoyed writing from the villain's perspective? Would you do would you do that sort of piece again then? Um, I'd really like to. Um, kind of need to get my creative juices flowing to come <laughs> more ideas. Um, but I definitely like to, yeah. It's just it's just really interesting to put your take on something that everyone knows about, like a villain, for example, a famous villain, but no one really knows about who they are. Yeah. No, it's, it's, nice, it's, it's, no, it's a good idea for any sort of writing up because I think when you're doing what you're doing there, you do get inside the villain's head. And if you can keep it, yeah. if it's an established villain completely, keep it in that make people think, oh, you can believe in that character even more. Yeah, yeah, good writing, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely with that one. So, well done for that. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about your poetry chat book today, aren't we, as well? Yeah. Now, my dyslexia is kicking in here. So, you're going to tell everybody <laughs> what the title of this one is first. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> it's, um, it's called Ethereality which is actually the name of the first poem in the book. Um, and it's just a little poetry chat book of less than 30 poems that I'd say probably 80% have been published before. Oh, um, well done, well done. Yeah. Let's go going. Thank After you. That. So, yeah. So, obviously, over what period was this little collection wrote then? Um, it's, it was written basically from my second semester of my first year to summer this year. So about a year and a half. That's good um, going. That's good going. Yeah. That's um, good yeah, I basically just got encouraged to do it because um, I wrote the like this poem called The Old Man and His Memories 
in my first year and then I got it published um, in April of this year. Um, I wrote it in my first year, yeah. Um, and then it decided really encouraging me to get more stuff published and I was getting loads and loads of stuff published and I was just like, I just want to have it all together. Um, and I was like, how can I do this? So I started researching like poetry books and I was like, oh God, I don't have enough poems for that. And then I came across chat books and I was like, I'd really like to just get all my poems together um, in the best kind of theme that I can mm. and just have them there because I've started obviously like working on my short stories and I'm also writing a novel. And it, although I'd really like to come back to poetry, of course, it's just kind of nice to just have a little book so I can move on to other projects and then maybe do some more poetry afterwards. <laughs> I think it's a good move what you're doing there because like if, um, when you're looking at yourself as a beginning creative like you're trying, you're doing now, you've had a, a short yeah. story published and obviously like your collection's your next week and all the time people hear this last month. But all you want to do is like it's, it's your introduction to yourself. I think as the statement yeah. that this is who you are at the time. And yeah, that, definitely. And that's a good, and this sort of poet, budding poet, I mean, that's a good move to do with first collection. Let people see yeah. who you are. Now, obviously, like you said, yeah, I know what plans you've got for the future. We'll come on to that in a moment. But I also want to ask you about Duff. I know you're doing a bit of journalism, aren't you? And yeah. you're also a fiction editor as well. So tell us, first yeah. of all, then, about your news journalism. I have wait for on link, for example. Yeah. Um, so I I say I work, but I don't get paid. Um, yeah, I, really, I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I work as a news journalist for the link, which is just my university student newspaper. Um, I started writing for them in my first article was published in July, I think. Um, and I've wrote quite a few articles, got a few more coming, and I've actually got a couple of articles coming for the collective magazine which is another magazine that publishes student work um, because I'm not actually 100% sure of the kind of job I want in the future but I know it's either journalism or publishing um, so I kind of wanted to get that experience because obviously I don't study journalism so I want to get as much experience as I can and also I, I really like writing on fiction articles like, yeah, it's good, it's good fun. It's good fun, yeah. that's for sure. I, I, I do it myself a little bit, so no, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Tell us a bit about, are you still doing your fiction editor work for the Lincoln Review? Yeah, well? yeah, that's for the Lincoln Review, which is again my university's um, literary magazine. So my university's provided me loads of opportunities. Um, um, yeah, I worked as, I keep saying work, but you know, I mean... I, we um, know what you mean, uh, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I worked as um, a non-fiction editor for a year, which was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I got the opportunity to change. So I was like, may as well do as much as I can, become a fiction editor. And we just get loads of pieces of work from like all across the world. And it's just, it's really good, first of all, to work with my classmates outside of university studies, but as well to read all of this like amazing work from around the world. Oh, yeah. And also, oh, yeah. Yeah, it encourages me to write more, like seeing these really good stories come in. You know, it, it kind of makes me be like, oh, I want to write a story like that. I want to write an article like that. No, it's a great idea. I think what you're doing there is like, it's it's letting you be, um, what's yeah. I'm looking for now? You've been engulfed by the richest of work from other countries yeah. and other worlds, and it can only be a good yeah. thing for you, that, definitely. And I could look at it, definitely. Now, obviously, yeah. we're looking at just two things we're going to cover on before we conclude. Now, obviously, I like to ask people what plans have they got next. And you've already hinted at one thing or 
already, haven't you, with yeah. your novel? So you're telling me obviously that like, you were. Um, tell us about your dissertation then, because this is quite this is quite interesting. This actually, <laughs> and it made me made me um, laugh actually unintentionally <laughs> in a cringing way. <laughs> um, so I'm in my final year, so I'm currently working on my dissertation, um, and I'm actually writing an entire novel for my dissertation. Um, because when I was choosing um, like what I wanted to do in like May or March or April, May time, um, the option was that someone said, um, you can write the first few chapters of a novel. And I was really interested in that. So I was like, I want to do that because everyone, most people are doing like short stories or poetry collections. And I wanted to kind of do something because I've always wanted to write a novel. So I was like, I may as well write the first few chapters of a novel then I can finish it off. And then, so before uni, um, August, early September, I started writing it and I got like 20K words in and then uni started again. Um, and my tutor was just like, oh, you need a finished project. Like, why don't you just write an entire novel for your dissertation? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Um, so I'm now just over 30K in. And I am actually, because um, it's National November Writing Month. I think that's what it's called. Na um, um, nano, nano, yeah. nano nine motion, yeah. Yeah. So I actually want to try and get it finished this month. So I can start editing it because it has to be finished by May, um, which I think I can do. And I want to try and get it published because it's the first novel of a trilogy I've planned. Um, what is there any young fantasy? I was wondering about young adult fantasy. Is there any hints yeah. you can give about it so far? Uh, what was that? Sorry. Is there any hints you could give about it so far? Um. So it's all kind of based around Celtic mythology. There's a lot of um, fairy warriors kind of going on. It's all about um, this girl who something's happened to her family and she's kind of flung into this journey of searching for a member of her family that's gone missing. And she kind of on the way learns a lot of things about her past she had no idea about. So yeah, that's kind of what, I, what I'm writing for this first novel. And then obviously I've got the other two novels need to write out. Um, so yeah, and hopefully I'll get it published. <laughs> well, good luck, good luck. Definitely. There's definitely a market for that sort of thing at the moment still. So yeah, good luck. Definitely. Yeah. Now, yeah, is, there any, is there any other future projects you've got could have been yours to give me hints about? Um, I'm currently writing a short story, um, which is actually inspired by my cat. Hey, cat, cat's <laughs> um, yeah yeah and then i've also got a dog so i want to write something based on my dog as well so it's fair <laughs> yeah that was why do you do it why do you do a novel in their adventures though? um <laughs> i don't know um i haven't got another novel planned yet um i actually <laughs> <laughs> other projects i've got rope I've got loads in my mind I want to do, but other than my novel, my short story, I've not actually actively started writing any other ones. Um, I want to actually, like my poetry chapbook, publish a fiction chapbook at some point. So I want to kind of over the next year or so build up a good collection of short stories. Now, obviously, Libby, if people want to, the last question is, if people want to track down your poetry book, where are they best going? Um, 
Well, it's on Amazon, um, but it might not be easy to find on Amazon. Um, so you can um, follow my Instagram at Libby L Taylor. I always follow people back. Um, my Twitter is Libby Taylor with two R's. I've got an author page, um, which is Libby L Taylor again on Wix site, but you'll find that on my social media. And I also have a Facebook page again, Libby L Taylor. I've tried to keep it concise so people can find me. <laughs> best way, best way, best way. No, yeah. brilliant. And good luck with definitely. So, well, that's all my questions for today. So, what we'll then do is we'll let you get yourself composed, take a quick break, and we'll be back in two shakes of the dust. Thank you again for this, Libby. It's been really enjoyed today. So, and you were back. We'll be back for good. part two in a few minutes. Okay, okay. thank you. Take care, guys. We'll see you in two moments. Bye. Spoke Hi, guys. We're still here with Libby. So, Libby's going to do a few poems for us. Over to you, okay. Libby. Looking forward to this. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, so this is the first poem of my poetry chat book called Ether Reality, which is also the name of the book. Um, and here it goes. I lay on a bed of sapphire waves. The tide gently kisses my skin and I'm embraced by its depth. I don't feel the cold of the ocean water. I am calm in the perpetual space around me. As I drift further and further into the deep, I feel weightless, serene, ethereal. Um, so that poem was originally published in Calm Down magazine um, in that undulating issue. Um, it's basically about, it kind of sets the tone for what I think is the main theme of the mm. book. It's kind of about laying, like when I wrote it, I was basically envision, envisioning um, this laying in the ocean because I love water, I used to be a swimmer. Um, this laying in the ocean on the waves and just kind of thinking about life. And when it's like, I don't feel the cold of the ocean water, to me, that's kind of like, I don't know, there's problems in life, but you can overcome them and still feel okay with yourself and happy. Um, so that's ethereal. It's a bit of background noise in this, sorry about this. But um, no, it's really good though. Yeah, I can see it. I've got the images of the water on it straight away. I really enjoyed that. And I also think you've yeah. put, what you've worked well with there is, that felt like the introduction to a collection to me as well. So, not great stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the cover's also got waves on it. So, that's kind of. Yeah, I saw that. that. <laughs> I saw that. And I thought, instead of, oh, yeah, that's just been so. That's, 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 it's a beautiful cover. Very, very good. Thank you. Okay. On to poem number two then. Um, this is The Old Man and His Memories, which was my first ever published poem, which was published in Falcon Street Doubles in April of this year. Okay. Pictures hanging on the wall smile at me, their tone grey and dark. Yet when I look at them, they light up the room with colour. I look at myself back then, glossy hair, smooth skin, surrounded by the people I loved, all gone now. I catch a glimpse of an old man in a reflection of the pictures. He is now all I can focus on, his aged face concealing a time of youth. See, back then all I dreamt of was the future, and before I knew it, I was old and alone, dreaming of the past. Um, so that poem was kind of inspired by how I'm kind of feeling like, I'm not really feeling like an old man, but like I kind of have to kind of like stop myself and realise I'm in kind of like, I'm 20, I'm young, I need to kind of appreciate what I have now around me. Like, because um, it's true, like, before you know it, you just get older. Like, I know I'm only 20, but it doesn't feel like two minutes ago I was 15. 
and it's just kind of stopping to just appreciate life for what it is now. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. You find the older you get, time flies. No tours about it, and it doesn't seem too long ago. So I was in the mid twenties, but I'm forty-eight. So no, agree completely. No, no, I think you've got that really well, then. Great stuff. Okay, we're gonna do one more, weren't you, or two more? Yeah, I've got one more, I think. Go for it when you're ready then. Um, This one is called A Ghost and Me, which has actually not been published before, so this will be a new one no one's seen before. Um, Yeah. Cool. This is the story of A Ghost and Me. I see him when I catch a glimpse of movement, movement in the corner of my eye and in a reflection of an old oak cabinet. I feel a brush of him walking past me in the hallway in the middle of the night. I am not afraid. The ghost is like a distant comfort, a brief reminder that he's found his way back. The man that held me as a newborn child and witnessed my very first steps. Someone who expanded my imagination with tales of a life generations before my own. I am not afraid. I watch him now as he steps into the faded light of the room. He looks different from the last time I saw him. Back straighter, cheeks fuller. He sits down beside me and tells me he's all right now. The aching feeling of his absence no longer compresses in my chest as we sit together. I am not afraid. Um, so that was a ghost in me. I like the repetition of that oh, piece. What made you want to yeah. write that? What made you write that piece? Um, so basically, um, my granddad passed away in 2018. And um, my mum, like quite recently, actually, she said that she had a dream but like my granddad came to her and like it's kind of that in a poem like he was kind of like talking to her saying I'm all right now like and he looked really healthy compared to like when he was like aging um and it's just kind of based on that and I just kind of went with it no, <laughs> I no, tried no. to make it a bit sneaky but I don't know if I succeeded but yeah yeah yeah, yeah no. That's I, no it's very good I enjoyed it definitely that. thank so, you you're right okay well that's your last piece of today I believe so I want to thank yeah. you today for again, Libby. It's been really yeah. engaging. I've really enjoyed that today. So hang yeah. around. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Hang around. I need a quick word of you off yeah. mic, as I would say. But this is Andy. Yeah. Sound again. Okay. Take care, guys and girls. See you all soon. Spoken, mate.